0: another edition of the Purple Fish podcast, Crucial Conversations on Evangelism. This is Mark Wilson, and today my guest is Dr. David Gustafson, who's the chair of the Mission and Evangelism Department at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School in Deerfield, Illinois, and professor of evangelism and missional outreach. Welcome to the show, David.
1: Thank you, Mark. It's, uh, it's a privilege to be here today.
0: Yeah, it's just great having you here. And the reason why I invited you onto my program was because I I read your delightful book, uh, Gospel Witness Through the Ages. It's a history of evangelism, and you know I've read a few uh, church history books down through the years. And most of the time, when you read a church history book. It's really the story of conflict. It's the story of church fights <laughs> and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And 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 you you touch on those, but but your focus is different. Your, your focus is on on the spread of the gospel and, and evangelism. And, and I wondered um why you, you wrote the book and 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 why you took this particular approach.
1: Yeah. Yeah, good uh good question. You're right. Church history often does Deal with conflicts because that often defines various movements and and denominations and particular uh, themes throughout um, throughout church history. But for evangelism, as a professor of evangelism, Mark, I I really wanted to be able to uh, glean from the church in how the church has shared the gospel. Uh, so themes of what is the gospel and. Looking at various, again, personalities or, or movements uh, within church history and, and asking that question, what is it that we can uh, learn from, from those that have come before us?
0: Yeah, I, I noticed uh, you you went through every epoch of, of history <laughs> and you found evangelism where I had never seen it before. And it was like, oh, in the areas that I thought was kind of void of evangelistic um, activity. And yet it was there. You found these things. That was amazing. That must have been a a, a, a tough deal to go treasure hunting and, and digging to, to find those. Did, did you find that a challenge?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was uh certainly there are periods of of church history where s- good examples are are I I'll qualify good examples because uh, the book talks a little bit about the the good the bad and the ugly. Yeah, yeah, but uh, uh, in, <laughs> <laughs> in every uh century or era of the church there have been uh faithful uh Christians who who were uh, conscious about sharing the the gospel of Jesus. And uh, in some ways different than maybe what we've always expected or understood as kind of classic evangelism, but nonetheless, they were they were engaged in, in evangelism. And so, yeah, just to see that we are a part, that that in 2023, we are a part of a movement, this Jesus movement, this gospel movement that began with Jesus and the apostles. And uh, it goes all the way through the centuries. And for that, that was really encouraging to me.
0: Well, I, I found it encouraging as well. I, I thought that um the, the way you, you lifted it up and showed the faithfulness of the witness all the way through. That's such a an inspiration. And and your your book was just packed full of inspiring biographies, lots of stories. I've I've thought of it this way that uh with history, if you take story out of history, all you have is hiss. <laughs> and 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 you had the story there. It was story driven, not story like made up story, true stories. Um, mm-hmm. I'm wondering um, what what would be a couple of your favorite stories. I mean, there are just so many in the book, and it might be hard to pick out a favorite, like picking your favorite kid, for instance. <laughs> it's hard to do that, but but are there a couple of stories maybe you can think of that were especially moving to you as you researched this book?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, a couple that I came across. Uh, that I didn't know as much about. So you know, in some cases, my PhD is in church history. So in some ways, I've been examining this topic for for quite a while. However, uh, as I began to dig into the literature, I I began to find some some new stories. And and one I'll I'll just start with is uh, Basilidus. So I mentioned uh, this person uh, in the uh, the early church. So this is during uh, the period of of persecution. And um, I I talk about um, Basilides, who was actually uh, a government official in in Egypt. So he was an officer, and uh, after a Christian woman named uh, Pontomania was threatened with being handed over to gladiators if she refused to renounce her faith, um, he he actually uh, and and she as well as as another um, uh, person, her mother uh, Marcella. Uh, they were you know, being uh, tried because they would not renounce their faith. And so without renouncing their faith, they would be executed. And actually, this uh, Basilidus began to to somewhat um, see the dignity in these women and wanted to protect them. But the short of it is, uh, because of their witness, which is true for a lot of martyrs, uh, they had a fantastic witness. In fact, our word, uh, for, for witness, uh, comes from the Greek word, where we get our English word, martyr. And uh, because of their testimony, uh, Basilitus actually became a Christian himself. And as soon as that was found out, um, he was put to death. And so it's just fascinating that people would still, uh, well, there's a strong witness in that context, and people like Basilitus would even count the cost of what it meant to accept Christ uh, knowing that his his own life could be at risk, so that would be the first one.
0: Yeah, that was very very moving for me as well. I I marked up that section of your book, <laughs> um, and I thought this will preach. This really. Will <laughs> preach. What, what? Well, what's the one that you you uh, you liked. Uh, another yeah, that you.
1: I'm glad that you said that. I'll, I'll I'll get to the second one because I really wanted uh, to include stories that I felt would be very preachable too. So even though that wasn't a major objective uh mark that did cross my mind like the, the way I would write something it, it was kind of like I think this could easily work its way into a sermon uh and as as an illustration. So Ooh, uh, lots of those by the way.
0: That's yeah, really
1: cool. good. Good. Well hopefully uh preachers will find this helpful. I hope so. Um the second one yeah is August Herman franca who is a part of the Pietist movement. And um, I, I know, um, you know, the Pietists, of course, influenced uh, a number of missionary movements. Uh, and of course, eventually, you know, influenced uh, the Westlands. And so when you talk about Pietists and, and the tradition I'm in, very much influenced by the Pietists too. But so that's August Hermann Franke is in Germany. But in uh, part of that, movement of small groups or conventicles, house meetings where people would get together and read scripture and discuss it. Uh, so I really appreciated uh, uh Franca, but he he was also a professor and I'm a professor and I was really inspired because as a theological educator, he was interested in not only uh, teaching, he actually taught uh, like Greek, uh in Hebrew to students but he wanted to teach them ministry and he did that by immersing them and so in ahala where uh, franco was he identified a neighborhood called glaucha so i talk about this glaucha neighborhood that was known for its economic blight and, and uh, its its uh, beer huts and prostitutes and and he decided hey if the gospel is powerful Um, We're going to see it transform people's lives in this neighborhood of Glaucia. And here's the genius. He took his his seminary students with him, and they shared the gospel on the streets. They led conventicle or house meetings with those who were interested, with seekers in choirs. He saw people come to faith. Eventually, they purchased a beer hut. Uh, That's how it's described, and eventually became a home. Uh, for women, for Christian women who had come to faith. So I just really appreciated his uh, perspective on theological education, uh, teaching students by immersing them um, in ministry where they could actually see the gospel transform people's lives.
0: Oh, I found that beautiful. I mean, absolutely wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Now, uh, I noticed that you, you found um, Evangelists uh, who who are women and and people of color. I mean, you, a lot of times, church history books they are very white male European, and, uh, and 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 you 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 had a wide swath, a lot of different, a lot of diversity in your in 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 your 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 biographies and things. Was was that intentional?
1: It was, yeah. So a couple things, and I talk about this up front in the book is um, having. A, a recognizing certain uh, realities in terms of historiography, but but also uh, my intention in terms of of writing this was to teach my students, to teach uh, anybody who picks up the book uh, who's interested—pastors, missionaries, um, lay people, whoever it is—to uh, give them good examples, also that would help to teach them. So. So that's the issue of selection. So you, you have to select when it comes to writing anything in history, like church history. In this case, if you wrote an exhaustive history of evangelism, you would have to include every Christian who's ever shared the gospel, yeah. which is impossible. So so it's the reality that we do have to, to choose. And I've tried to choose, right? I chose uh, personalities, people. Who I think were representative of their period, um, but also uh, they would they would be a good example. Now I, I have bad examples as well, and you know we don't have to go into those, but but I do list those <laughs> because we learn from bad examples as well as good examples. But but I was intentional to include um, uh, women, and um, I have a chapter on on uh, global uh, indigenous evangelists, and that was very intentional too to kind of step back and look at contributions of evangelists uh, who have not necessarily been in the tradition of the Western church. And so in some cases they were, they might have been infected or I- influenced by a missionary, but they would often uh, indigenize, uh, they would often contextualize the gospel within their own setting, and we we can learn something from them. And so I was I was intentional about doing that, and quite frankly, that was a great exercise. I wish I could say that that I had decided to do that. Actually, uh, it was a colleague who who really, you know, said, "Hey, have you considered this?" I thought that that's a great idea. So added added a chapter on global indigenous evangelists.
0: Uh, I, I think that chapter is especially helpful uh, because it it broadens perspective for mm-hmm. the reader. Okay. One final question. Um, how do you think understanding the history of evangelism, um, helps to inform our efforts in evangelism and outreach today? Like, like, are there things from, you know, that you, you could glean from, from understanding the history that we might be able to apply to the context where we are today in our churches and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. There, there, I think,
1: uh, history has a lot to tell us. It, as you said, it it broadens us. Uh, and in a book like this, if we look at the various methods of gospel witness, like singing the gospel or illustrating the gospel through art or architecture, uh, and not simply speaking the gospel, but it, but it generally will broaden our perspective. I know for me, looking at the medieval period, and some of the means to catechize children uh, was was very important in them explaining the go- uh, the gospel and people becoming Christians. And we we don't always think in those those terms of of uh, having ways to communicate with uh, children or illiterate people, but they can be very helpful even to our evangelism uh, today. So so back to kind of. Looking at all of the history of evangelism, I think Mark it broadens our our understanding of the task, and it broadens our understanding of the various methods or means that that have been used and that we can uh, might use today. Now, not all of them are, are applicable today, but some I think are, and uh, we need to maybe think more creatively. Um, and, and we can be inspired by uh, those uh, who have shared the gospel throughout the centuries.
0: Yeah, I, I appreciate how you showed um, evangelists using technology, for instance, of the day, or using what they had in their context and culture to bring the, the gospel. That was just um, a wonderful book all the way around. I highly recommend it. And I I hope that those who uh, are listening to the podcast will go out and get a copy of uh, of uh, the gospel witness through the ages, uh, history of evangelism. David, thank you so much for being on my show today. I really appreciate you doing this with me.
1: You're you're welcome. Thank you for having me.